laptops. Okay. I need to plug my laptop in. Oh. <laughs> That's important. It's connected to our mics and shit. Previously on Booze and Buffy. He's, he's making up some weird shit. I forget yeah, what he says. Yeah, he says, he says um, will you date me? And then he realizes, like, God, that's such a weird way to come off. Like, will you date me? And then he goes at it again, and he's like... Will you mate me? Uh, it's a dance, and it's where everybody gets together to pick a mate. <laughs> a white and maroon zigzag striped shirt with flared sleeves. They are super flared. That's, that's all I have to say about that probably the best moment of his whole life because he gets to technically kiss Buffy on that. And not just in his dreams. Hi, I'm Harrison and I'm here with Tyler. And welcome to Booze and to Buffy. We are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. No spoilers because I am not really a Buffy fan. I just watched season one. Um, my biggest like vampire hang up as a kid was a recurring nightmare where vampire doppelgangers chased us around at a Backstreet Boys concert. Maybe it was NSYNC. I don't remember. Um, but eventually we died because they chased us under the van. That's very upsetting. And they didn't know it was me because I didn't have my backstage pass. So they were like, prove you're not the vampire doppelganger. It was That's traumatizing. Dumb. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge fan. I've seen the show a bunch of times. And you're a fan of the genre. Yeah. All of the genres. Um, let's see, so what episode are we watching? We're watching season two, episode one, When She Was Bad. This is the one where, in which the anointed one attempts to resurrect the master while Buffy works through the trauma from her death in the previous season. So, uh, When She Was Bad was written and directed by Joss Whedon, and this episode originally aired on September 15th, 1997. Alright, let's get into it. Easy enough. start this episode off we are uh, we are not at Harrison's house for once I am house sitting and dog sitting so if you hear any dogs on the background these are these are my friends as dogs been watching them for Labor Day weekend and uh, my friend Ethan is gonna join us he's my best friend fantastic pianist conductor um, extraordinaire singer choir member choir conductor all these things um, yeah, Ethan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Ethan, like myself, um, you, do you know anything about Buffy? Nope. Not at all? Not at all. Like, you've never watched a single episode? I wasn't even familiar when, like, what time frame it was released. I've never seen an episode. Word. Um, I've just heard of the series. Except the one we just watched. Except the one we just watched. So you know even less than I do. Much less. Much less. Okay, cool. So this will be an, an 
interesting perspective to incorporate. Uh, especially, I feel like you have a lot to learn in the, the gay vocab department as well. Yeah. As a heterosexual. Yeah. yeah. I've learned some here and there. You've taught me some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But For sure. Still a lot to learn. So, uh, generally, uh, we get here going. Any, any, like, opening remarks, Ethan, as our guest? I thought the show was a... The episode that I watched was a perfect combination of thrilling, a um, little bit of horror and gore, but also clever. There were plenty of moments where I laughed and, you know, nothing seemed contrived. It was, it was thoroughly entertaining. It was a blast watching. Totally, totally. Um, as we're going along, like, don't hesitate to, to point out to us, I guess, like, moments you're just like, absolutely, like, what the fuck is that? Because it'll kind of be like a proving grounds for me, like to see if I can explain it. Yeah, we're gonna quiz you. Yeah, <laughs> um, like see how all much right, I really right. know at this point. Um, so we can get into it. Usually, our first thing is a toast. Yeah. Um, would you like to lead us in in a toast, Harrison? What are you drinking? I am drinking a Dos Equis. Nice. It's very. I am drinking a Modelo. Ooh, cervezas. And then I'm drinking something fancy. Because my friends that I'm house-sitting for have a fully stocked bar. So I made a Manhattan again, and I was out of ice cubes, so I used watermelon. And I was also out of garnish, so I used watermelon again. How's that? It's, it's okay. It's <laughs> close to right home, right? Paul. Um, are you ready to give us a toast, Ethan? Yes, I am going to Poland in July for one of my close Polish friends' weddings, so... Na zdrowie. Na zdrowie. Cheers. Hooray. Alrighty. Alright, so let's dive into this bitch. Or should I say, this bitka. This bitka. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Xander. Xander. So we started off the episode um, with uh, Xander and Willow are walking by the cemetery, the graveyard. It's a cemetery. What's the difference? I'm pretty sure a graveyard is has to be part of a church. Oh. I think. Do not quote me on that. Um, but that actually, just fun little... Are you thinking of like trivia. catacombs, maybe? Or like... Well, catacombs are underground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, what's it called when that's in a church? Catacombs? catacombs? Yeah, never mind. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was called in Vienna. Um, yeah. Hold on. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look this up. Difference between graveyard and cemetery. Perfect. Other people have Googled this. And the um, moment, though, the, like, I don't know, Xander... I was right. A, a graveyard is specifically a burial ground within a churchyard, and a cemetery mm. is just its own. Cemetery. I assume there are, like, other kinds of yards. Like, something... A backyard? Like, a backyard. <laughs> a graveyard. The, the... I don't know. So, this opening scene's really cute... All of the, like, bubbling up of uh, Xander and Willow kind of tension finally, like, comes to a point. And that point is on Willow's nose. (laughs) And they're about to, like, share a tender embrace. And boom, vampire. I want to know what that vampire story is. Because he was just watching them. I have a lot to say say about... I I don't know a lot to say. I just feel like 
there are a lot of interesting like background vampires in this one that yeah. all really die, but like they're like all pretty developed mm-hmm. across this. Yeah, like each of them like has like a, a character as opposed to just being kind of a mindless drum. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, I think I wouldn't be shocked if that was. We talked about it a little bit while we were watching, but you you can definitely see a budget increase on screen. Oh yeah, and I wonder if uh, just you know you have to pay an actor more when they have lines, so mm-hmm. it's had more money to to have like actual actors and not just background extras as their vampire moves. Yeah. Um. So, Buffy saves the day. She's like, miss me. And it's our first fight scene, starting strong. Yeah. Xander's even like, you were really uh, railing on her, I think. Just, yeah. I've got a question. What's that? Yes. Was Xander a Buffy in Thing in season one? Okay. Oh, sorry. I almost answered because that's just like my go to. So I'll let time. Um, yes, in that Xander is obsessed with Buffy and she's out of his league and like has never paid him any mind. Um, though there were some like brief instances with like what like hypnosis or um, possession where like their characters were kind of like not normal, you know what I mean? Well, Xander was. Xander was, and he was he was possessed yeah. by a by a hyena demon, and um, it's a rough time. <laughs> and he was like really sexy during that episode, and like there was some weird tension there. But beyond that, Buffy's generally dismissed his advances. Meanwhile, Willow has kind of been interested in Xander, but nothing's come of that. And at the end of season one, he's finally like, I got turned away by Buffy. Willow, will you go with me? And she's like, bitch, I'm not your second choice. Like, bye. And that was where season two ended. But then you open season one, and like, they've been bored all summer without Buffy. You mean that's so where ended season up. one ended and you open season two? Yeah, and they've been, they've been <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually kind of interesting with Buffy, so she's been gone for a while, and Willow kind of, um, or not Willow, Xander is receptive to this interest that Willow has shown, finally, and the second Buffy arrives, he's like, because yep. he's a t- <laughs> yeah. What a fucking no, man. You got <laughs> he's a typical dude. Yeah. God. Well, and that's the core of Xander's character. Is just like boys. Boys will be boys. Kind of. He'll get whatever like, he can. Kind of. Um, so. Sorry, my whole brain just broke. Um. So they. She saves a day, and even Xander remarks like, "You. You. Uh. You were really uh." I think he said, I don't know, he was like, you beat her, you... You beat her good. Yeah, I don't know what he said. He, um, Buffy is also sporting a cute new haircut. Mm-hmm. Shorter and lighter. And, like, this is one of our 90s moments for today, for sure. Like, the, like, PC bang. Mm-hmm. She starts to do this at the end of season one. Yeah. I think one of our followers, um, one of your friends from high school, what's her name? Anastasia. Yeah, she, she, that was one of her 90s moments that yeah. she liked. Thank you, Anastasia, for pointing that out. We had completely missed, honestly, like hair. We haven't really, talked about hair a lot. We talked hair a lot with Xander because, it's, like, when he's hot, hair. it's one way, and when he's nerdy, it's like repulsive. Um, but yeah, like if 
anybody else ever hears a, like a 90s moment or things like that like let us know if we miss something we uh, we appreciate it now hair is on our radar yeah. um our hair dar um for sure and she's been away with her dad who then explains that he's been like taking care of the back to school shopping mm-hmm. for her she's bought like a million pairs of shoes and that's one of my predictions for this season. Yeah. Because of this, she's gonna look fierce all season. Mm-hmm. That goes with the like season two budget increase. Yeah. But like it's backed by the fact that she's been like with her dad and he'll buy her whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And so she's gonna be she's gonna have some like yeah. badass looks. I already called that. And that scene also really gets us going with this whole arc that Buffy goes through in that episode with Buffy's uh, Buffy's dad and uh, and her mom. She's discussing. been away and distant. Very distant, like, yeah. She's RBF like the whole time. What does that mean? Resting bitch face. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it like... like. It sounds like Ruth Bader wise. Ginsburg for a second. <laughs> You're like, Ruth Bader what? <laughs> um, yeah. um, so I don't remember if the credits came before or after, but just one note that Mr. One David Boreanaz has joined the opening credits. Oh, right. So and uh, roles have swapped. Anthony Stewart Head is narrating now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it says that weird generic, like, Last time on yeah. Booze and Buffy. <laughs> like, it's like the the announcer at a drag show. It's like, <laughs> next to the stage, Buffy Summers. Suffy Bummers. <laughs> I, we need to find some Buffy drag queens. That exists. Like, I know. Certainly. I already know a couple. Shit. Excellent. Yeah, no, you should reach out to them. Um, so, the next day, it's, it's the first day of school, and mm-hmm. we, um, Giles and, uh, Miss Jenny Callender have a Oh, wait, wait, little... before we get there, yeah. uh, one of my, fa- one of the, my favorite jokes in that was, uh, when they're walking back after having killed the vampire, mm-hmm. and either Xander or, uh, or Willow says to, says to Buffy, like, oh, have you seen Giles? And she was like, No. Why would I at school? I will at school or something like that. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, shows a little, I don't know. But at the same time, it's a fair question. They spend entirely too much time with their school librarian. Which is what the principal gets at in one of the next scenes. Yeah. Um, What's the principal's name? scene with Principal Snyder. What was Um, the thing about Principal Snyder that really made you laugh? I forget. Oh, it's when... um, Okay, what's the other teacher's name? Giles. Giles. And then what's the woman's name? Jenny Calendar. When the two of them it seemingly are flirting with each other and then just walk away and the principal is still just talking, not even noticing at the end he says, I might as well just be talking to myself. Because he is. (laughs) Like that's that's one of so many like super clever moments. It's just the dialogue's so perfect. Yeah. Like everything's set up so perfectly. That's what really impressed me. He's specifically monologuing about how the teenagers are all yes. like horny and like not paying attention because the pretty girl walks by. And I think but so are the faculty. Exactly. I think it's when he says it doesn't like, change. a pretty girl walks by is when Jenny Calendar like enters the scene. Yeah, and it was Giles is not listening anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, they are, they are flirty right in front of the students. 
<laughs> yeah, she's talking about going to Burning Man. They did some like nude Nathan mud bathing. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I'm going to the faculty room. Are you coming too? <laughs> like that sounds like the kind of conversation you'd save for the faculty room. But like, no, she's like right there in the middle of the hallway, like the major intersection. Right. Nude mud bathing. Imagine like if you're one of those like background extra students like walking by, and one of your teachers, the computer science teacher, you just hear her go. Nude mud wrestling or <laughs> mud, mud bathing, whatever it is. I'd be like, what? the other funny thing is like, anytime, oh shoot, what was that other girl that Willow? No, not Willow. Cordelia. 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 She was openly talking about, oh, you all killed vampires, and they're like, oh, shut up, don't talk so loud yeah. about it. I just thought it was funny. Like anytime that was mentioned, it was like, oh, you can't say that shit out loud. Yeah. But whenever Willow does it too once. Oh yeah. And it's kind of funny that Willow is. Um, Buffy's on about like civilians enough with that well when Willow's getting on Cordelia for talking too loudly about it as if she hadn't done the exact same thing like five minutes before I'm glad you brought up Cordelia because we actually skipped over Cordelia's first scene in the episode where she's like can you have too much character no one I already have a lot of character like I have suffered (laughs) (laughs) she um because they're like they went to uh they, went, like, they didn't go to, like, Calcutta or something? Yeah, they went somewhere where there was, like, all museums, no beaches like or some shit like that mm-hmm. uh, for summer vacation. She, uh, speaking of hair, Cordelia's got these, New like... New haircut. Yeah, and it, uh, I Again, bangs. specifically... Yeah, she's got bangs, and they're, like, highlighted, kind of? Very 90s. And they're... They look good. Streaky highlights. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it don't... Now we're only going to talk about her. I don't think the rest of her hair was highlighted. Probably it looked not. like it was just the bangs. She looks like Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray. Yeah, um it looked good it was streaky bangs is not necessarily a a look i think a lot of people can successfully pull off is that your 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 game moment maybe that is i know you were looking for one yeah i was struggling with this episode i think it might be i think i think you're right i think my game moment is is cordelia's streaky bangs would you like (laughs) to take this moment to to go ahead and go on into yeah. Gay Vocab. Early in the episode. A little yeah, early, but like it. if we're there. Also, the we pre-recorded that stuff last season, and this time we're on it. So, <laughs> um, let me pull up my notes here. Much like Buffy season two, our budget has increased mm-hmm. from zero dollars to zero dollars. Alrighty. So you would say, just let's recap. What is your your gay agenda? My gay agenda is Cordelia Streaky Bang. And also the fact that I think later on in the episode when Cordelia and Buffy were fighting in the alley, like arguing, Mm -hmm. maybe they should have kissed. Okay. Yeah. Like a hypothetical gay agenda. Yeah. 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 They're, mm, it's steamy between the two of them. She's like, you're a bitch. And Buffy's like, you're a bitch. Kiss me. Yeah. 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 That's what I heard. I don't know about you all. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think I heard that too. Uh, My gay agenda... I think it's just, I mean, obviously it's kind of her demise in this episode, but Buffy is like an independent woman. She don't need no man. She's just being like a girl fuck boy, a fuck girl. She's just like, I'm going to flirt with Xander even though it's not going anywhere. Like, she's just playing him. Buffy is a gay man in this episode. Mm-hmm. She's a bitchy gay man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's not doing anything there. Like, that's not going anywhere. Is it? I, I that's guess. one of my suggestions is like no she's <laughs> if she's on this like badass revenge or like whatever like PTSD kick I don't feel like really her and Xander is really never gonna go anywhere 
That's my assumption. That's your prediction? Yeah, no, it's never going to happen. Hmm, I wonder. I mean... <sighs> How would you feel if they did... If, if Buffy and Xander... I feel done? like they probably will briefly, but, like, long-term... It's a no. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which will make him hopefully more tolerable. I don't know. That's another another judgment. I found Xander pretty tolerable in this episode. Mm. Give or take that one line where he was like, I like groping. Okay. Mm. Is he usually less tolerable than he was in this episode? Season one, he's really childish and like just young boy. Yeah. Um, okay, because I, I thought this is the only episode I've seen, but I, I thought he seemed like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. yeah. He was in this episode. He has his good days and his bad days. Okay. You wouldn't be. I also had uh, that, sentiment, that sentiment often. I was like, I don't know. I feel like he may be gross and awkward, but like it's a relatable gross and awkward. I think so. Um, but that, okay, so we've addressed our gay agenda. Mm. Easy. Next, we need to learn some gay vocab, which... Lucky for you, Harrison knows about as much as you do. Yeah. So, you're welcome. Being you can both learn something you. new, Ethan. <laughs> um, this word is opulence. <laughs> you just giggled in the weirdest way. Sorry. Today's word is opulence. Any guess as to what that means? So, normally opulence means like... Extravagant and beautiful. And okay. Thank you for answering because I had no idea what the fuck that word means. <laughs> so, what does it mean in gay? It's the same. Um, however, it's a reference, okay. right? Um, it's a reference to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I believe it's season 11 with uh, Mercedes Iman Diamond in the acting challenge titled Good God Girl, Get Out. Um, it's a play on Get Out with drag queens. Okay. She famously mispronounces her line as one of the maids, opulence, you own everything. She's doing this while she's like voguing. It's very like stylistic. But she mispronounces it. She is an immigrant. So like they have some sympathy on her for her mispronunciation. But the performance as a whole was bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of faded into the background and it almost got her cut had her... Uh, had her team not won that challenge. So she says, Opulence, you earn everything. Instead of opulence, you own everything. With that inflection, opulence. And so, because it was an iconic moment, the gays kind of like hive-minded to it and made it a meme. So really, just anytime you're doing something fancy or like, in the scene, I guess, the the maid and the butler, or the two maids, the uh, in Get Out, I guess, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're, like, kind of trying to tell them, like, yeah, you flee. know, yeah, flee, get out, that's kind of the role they're supposed to have, and she doesn't really deliver on that challenge, but because of it, it becomes this meme, and now it's pretty regular, I know... Ethan, you've probably heard like me and Jackie say it before. We're always like, Opulence! Yeah, I've heard you all say it. I think you all said it recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said it a lot. Uh, but it also goes with this movement with your hands. You can't really see it. So for your other senses, it's just like textbook voguing arms, just like moving from your elbow, you know? Um, and with that same inflection that same rhythm opulence you own 
everything. So, where does that come in for this episode? Well, any guesses? Is it when Xander doesn't know how to say the word bitch? <laughs> no, that'd be kind of funny. Uh, actually, that, that might be a I little bit. I love that, too. That's a good answer. We didn't get there yet, though. Uh, I was really saying with uh, when Buffy gets all of her new clothes from her dad. Mm. So she's got the new wardrobe. Yeah, you know she's going to kick some ass with those later. Um, But, yeah. So, like, as they're, like, unpacking her things, that would have been a moment for, like, the maids to walk by in the background. Like, opulence, you own everything. That would have been really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, like, imagining that scene now. Like a get-out like get crossover. And, like, Joyce and uh, whatever the fuck Buffy's dad's name is. Um, it said and, it in my notes, Hank, yeah. Um, just like, what the fuck? Who was that? Yeah. Cool. You're welcome. So where are we in the plot? Okay. Yeah, so we get to the bronze. And they've already been talking about going there. Um Chibo Mato is playing. Which... Is a band that Harrison seems to know that I don't. I Ethan, not, have you heard of this band before? Chiba Mato or whatever it's called. No, I I'm not super super familiar with them. But, but they were, at the time, and they were pre, they were pretty big in the nineties. It was a big like name drop. Yes, and <laughs> honestly, a huge fucking get for the show. Yeah. Um, and that's actually going to be um, we're going to see um more like recognizable musicians and bands at the bronze. Uh, you know what we skip? What we skip? Buffy's dreams. Whenever uh, Xander visits her and um, she's just getting like wailed on by, by Giles. By Giles and uh, Xander and and Willow are just like sitting there yeah. eating it up. It's it's this dream is done so well because one I every time I watch this episode it's not clear that it's a dream until yeah it takes it takes some time like it it feels like just a regular scene yeah there's no indication that it's a dream until Giles says until after he starts hitting her um the first indication that something's wrong Giles says something of like I killed you once before I can do it again yeah that confused me I was like wait I thought you were a good guy. Yeah, it's, um, and the last time we watched it, I remember, because it had been a while since we watched this episode, I got to that point and I was like, hmm. I remember going, what? And then he hits her and I was like, holy shit, this is a dream. Like, I always forget because it yeah, just yeah. feels like such a real scene. But uh, the, um, the image of Xander and Willow just sitting there, like, super, like, nonchalantly, mm-hmm. um, while he's strangling Buffy is, is creepy. Like, I think that's that's one of my favorite, like, little touches. And if I may, I'd like to analyze this dream a bit. Okay. So. One I, of us has a therapeutic degree, the other one doesn't, but, like, <laughs> please go ahead. Uh, but I have a writing degree. Okay. So I, I feel comfortable analyzing dream sequences in fiction. Psychoanalysis, <laughs> creative writing, same fucking thing. Um, I, I would never presume to psychoanalyze a real person. Um, yes, Ethan, you can have a sip of my drink. You don't have to pantomime it. <laughs> I just didn't want to get in Harrison's way. It's in the title. It's important. Um, wow, that was not a sip. <laughs> That's all right. It was a sip to me. It was pretty good. Hey, this watermelon has probably soaked up a lot of booze. <laughs> so, you should um, eat the watermelon. I'm gosh. 
What are you going to say, Harrison, um, before I so rudely interrupted you? I, okay, you're good. We, we get a lot about these headspace in this dream. Uh, specifically, obviously, her fear just and trauma from the death um, mm-hmm. and the master killing her. But um, I mean, like I said, PTSD earlier. Yeah, I don't say that lightly. But I also saw it in the Wikipedia notes. So I think it is PTSD. I mean, it's trauma. It's post her trauma. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Death, actual Um, death. Yeah. Um, Post reincarnation stress syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Resurrection. Yeah. Um, PRSD. I think that the Buffy or Willow and Xander just sitting idly by is well it's creepy and dreamlike i don't think that's a coincidence i think that's very deliberate that in buffy's headspace she yells at them she later. doesn't know if she trusts them right or um mm-hmm. she or, calls them the civilians later and yeah she doesn't want to feel responsible for that right um and i think maybe there's a little at the end too, she's that, still like, like hesitant you know when she walks up and sits with them like yeah she's like can i even sit with them do i want to right and i think there's some resentment too from the yeah. group that they weren't able to help her or save her. And, you know, I think it's subconscious. I don't think she's actively, like... I don't think she thinks, like, well, God damn it, why, why didn't anyone else fight the Master for me? But, you know, she went through some fucked up shit, yeah. and she is still processing. I think we see that in, but in that dream. Regardless, she's continuing her training. They've run into Cordelia. Buffy, like, insults her. That could have been your gay agenda, too. Um, whenever she, she was like... Too. What did she say? What's um, her insult? So... The scene begins with Cordelia calling them the Three Musketeers, and they're like, "Is that supposed to be insulting?" They're like, "The Three Musketeers are kind of cool." And she's like, "Okay, you're right." She like, she's like, "Okay, point to the nerds." Um, and Xander has, he's like, "I would have gone with Stooges," and then they have that whole conversation, mm-hmm. like, "Did you kill demons?" Blah, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. And I think, and Buffy says, "I would have gone with Stooges too," which is another just like, I think Xander reacts to that because he's like, "That's kind of mean," like to say that about us um but then when she they have they make cordelia promise she's not going to talk about what like anything and um cordelia agrees and buffy's like this works out you promise not to tell anyone i'll promise not to tell anyone you're a moron yeah (laughs) not having seen like anything previously or not knowing the show i thought I guess I initially assumed the Stooges thing and the not being a moron thing was harmless banter. I guess I didn't realize how significant that was. Yeah, it's, it's out of character for Buffy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and, and that's the thing. It's like there's there's sniping. It's there's, also more in character for Cordelia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cordelia was totally in character. They've kind of okay. swapped places in the but, show. Okay. Um, I think it's which they're, explains they're, their alternation. Is um, that sort of banter, but. I think in that instance, one, it was just mean. She like, leaves before she can even reply. She's like, last yeah, word, bye. There's, it's, mm. like, yeah, but it's, I think they, they can tell, like, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't, because that was mean. Buffy's not usually mean. She can be snooty okay. sometimes, and she can More get sassy, upset. but, like, yeah. not mean, yeah. Um, so, I think that catches us oh and then the they've also consecrated his death we found that a lot along yeah, the way the, the vampires have are digging up led by the anointed one they're digging up the master's bones 
Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a cool scene where they the anointed the the ground has been consecrated. It's no problem water. with the shovels, but it is a problem whenever he's like, start digging with your hands, biatch, yeah. and then like get to work. And it's burning them, and he's like, no mercy, keep going. Okay. Um, makes everyone squirm. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, so now we're back at the bronze. Now, um, which Shibomato is playing? What What are your impressions of the bronze? I feel like this is a recurring theme with with us. That was the club they were at. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. I think when we were watching it, I said Mag Bar 1997. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a dive bar, right? Right. Like, yeah. Um, a, a little bigger than Mag Bar, but yeah. mm -hmm. Magnolia Bar and Grill. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's probably what it was called back then. Um, but. It's very dive bar. It's also, I mentioned, I was like, keep in mind they're high schoolers. Like, this is a weird club. It's, it's the 90s. Like, maybe it's not 21 and up. I don't know. It's, well, it's clearly not 21 and up. But it's like, it's, it's such a, it's just so, and we talk about this. They're eating, the like, ice cream, tacos, and then, like, there's other people, like, drinking cocktails in the background. It's like, what yeah. is going on? <laughs> so, I guess, I mean, they're not wearing wristbands. It's a place. And I guess it's not a bar. Like, it has to be a place where there is a bar. Like, it's an a Apple club place. with a bar. <laughs> Um, okay, but it's it's it is definitely weird. Like compare the bronze to Applebee's. I did just compare the bronze. To <laughs> there is some random shit on the walls. To be fair, um, you can get apparently anything. I know there's an episode there, in season one. Buffy got a croissant. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Willow's eating ice cream. Willow tries the nose bit again. It doesn't work. It's kind of sad. That made me so sad. It's heartbreaking. She's so cute. I'm so sympathetic for her. <laughs> She's got this. And then eyes. meanwhile. My good in a moment. Buffy being just like HBIC mm -hmm. and what's HBIC? Head bitch in charge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, I that one. uh. And she's dancing all over Xander in slow motion, which again is another editing thing that probably costs more money. Mm -hmm. Season two. Yeah, and that is set to Chiba Mato, obviously, but the song is called. Sorry, I had it. Uh, the song is song is called Sugar Water, by the band that was by mm -hmm. the band that was playing. Yeah, because I commented, I was like, quotes for the band. Damn. Wait, are they a real band or was that? Oh just... yeah, no, they're a real band. Oh, I didn't know that was a real band. Yeah. Oh well, I I you know I was five years old in '97. Yeah. So um, I just flunked my kindergarten entrance exam. But oh. you preschool <laughs> dropout. Uh, the, uh, I guess the music in this episode was generally also pretty mm -hmm. good. This episode, unlike really season good. one, is like basically fully orchestrated. And new composer, um, okay. Christoph Bett, who's actually pretty, uh, he's pretty well known now. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of movie scores. Um, I, off the top of my head, I know he, he did the, uh, he composed the music for, the incidental music for Pitch Perfect. Um, okay. But he's also done a lot more than that. Cool. Um, so this brings us to Cordy and Buffy's confrontation where she's like, are you trying to be the HBIC? And then are you trying to be the HBIC? And they either should have like fought or, fucked. or fucked. And, um, Cordy has a line. She says, uh, she's honestly, what she the, her advice she's giving Buffy is solid advice. She's basically telling her like, listen, you're being such a bitch to everyone. And that's coming from me, a bitch. And if you don't pull, get your shit together, you're gonna lose your you're friends. You're gonna lose your friends. And she says, 
get over it, like cry it out, whatever. And she goes, spank your inner Moppet, whatever. Oh, I love that. I was like, wow. What does that mean? I don't know. And I was try- I looked it up earlier because I was like, is it a reference to something? And it doesn't appear to be. Like, okay. when I Googled it, all I was getting was just th- that, ep- this episode. So, and Moppet means, is like a British slang term for a child. So she's maybe spank she's saying inner. spank your inner child, okay. which is also weird. <laughs> like, weird. Okay. Um, but it's a great line. So Buffy walks away. Does she say anything significant as she's like, peace? Or no, that's I don't think so. Okay. So she walks away and then Did Cordy get gets kidnapped there? by some shadowy figures. Turns out so is Miss Calendar. Um, and Buffy goes to the uh, cemetery where she finds that the master's bones are gone. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh, we go to lunch the next day. Yeah. Um, they are discussing Buffy. Um, the, um, they're concerned about her behavior. Uh, Willow thinks she's possessed. Right. Because there's no way she would ever dance with Which Sander. Giles doesn't refute, but they come to a better... Yeah. A better ending. More reasonable that she is just... PTSDing. Yeah, yeah. Not the proper way to say that. Um, Suffering from PTSD. Thank you. Having a, um, an episode. And did we actually start to backtrack for a second? Did we actually mention that when she was doing her sexy dance with Xander, she was also specifically doing it in front of Angel? Oh, oh right. Like, so yeah, like I, I, I just feel like that's important. Like it's what she was doing was real mean to Xander, but she was also specifically doing it to spite Angel, which is yeah. She was messing and unintentionally fucking with Willow's head. Yeah. Yeah. And Cordelia watches. Yeah, yeah I mean, Cordelia's burns. like watching, which leads I'm to like, the next I'm like, what kind of love quadrilateral is this? <laughs> I like that. Um, Buffy comes up behind them as they're discussing her. Xander notices. Um, oh, God damn it. I can't believe I skipped this because it's the best part. Oh. Willow wants to know, why is Buffy acting? Like such a, a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, yes, he spells it out. <laughs> and then say, but Giles, I believe we're all too old to be spelling. <laughs> a bit cut? <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> I, I think the first time I watched this episode, so I was like, um, it was 18 when I first started watching the show. 17 or 18 is uh, right after I graduated high school and that summer. And I think like after I watched this episode, I was going around, like I, I was calling everyone a bit cut for like a week. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and like we said earlier, it's maybe not as uh, good of a place to use, not as sensitive of a place to use the phrase, opulence, you own everything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be specifically mocking Mercedes Armand's Diamonds accent. I feel like that's not... That's, that's not why it's a meme, right? Yeah. Like, that's... The, it, it's, it may have been funny, but it's, the, there were many other factors that contributed to her eventually getting... Getting booted from RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. season eleven. Um, so Buffy comes up behind them. Xander notices her. Xander clocks her. Perhaps. Continue. And then he's like. He clocks her how? Like he sees her. Did I use it wrong? No, you're not wrong. I always thought clock meant hit. That is. Is another. You're wrong. You're not wrong. This was another <laughs> one of our vocabs. Um, clocking like a police officer with a, oh, okay, yeah. a, a radar gun. Mm-hmm. Clocking. You clocked in at this speed or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they abruptly switch the topic to trout. Oh um, yeah. As in like the fish trout. As in the fish. Yeah. They were talking about it on the side, kind of like that. Just happens to be 
It's like a reference to something at the beginning of the scene. Isn't it? I don't think so. No, it's I just think random? it's just I think it's just the first like he sees Buffy. He doesn't want Buffy to know they were talking about her. So he just says the first thing that comes to his head, uh, which is like, uh, trout. At the end of the scene, Willow follows up and she's yes. like about trout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Some, there's some payoff to that bit. Um, cause that's when Snyder comes up and is like, don't you have class? Don't you have a job? Which, okay, I think it's fair for the principal to go to the librarian and Doesn't be like, Xander call Giles G-Man? He definitely He's does. like, never call me that again. That. <laughs> uh, I definitely think it's fair for Snyder to be like, don't you have a job? Like, go do it. But there are like 20 other students in that lounge. Like, why They're is still he, there. Yeah, like, They're still there. They're still there. Like, why, I don't, why is he picking on, I mean, I know why he's picking on these three. Some of them clear it out, doesn't but... Look like him, but. Um, he says you have faith in the kids, and yeah. Giles is. He tells Giles that that's weird. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> he um and he has he can smell it. He smells the stench of like suspension and jail. It's like a sixth sense. That's and one that's of the five. Sense, that would be one of the five. <laughs> okay. Principal Snyder is a never-ending source of comedy, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually they learn the revivification spell. Turns out they translate it. It's the closest person to the deceased, not the family or whatever they thought it was. Yeah, they thought it needed, the spell needed someone close, like, I guess, like, emotionally close or, like, some sort of connection. A friend, yeah. But, um, and Buffy assumes that means her because she's the one who killed him. And then... Turns out... Yeah, it turns out they need the people who were... But there's this whole scene in the library, and... I don't know. There's a, a note is thrown through the, right. the window with it's basically tied like, to a rock. Tied to a rock with which one is of a theme in this episode. Um, uh, one of Cordelia's like bracelets is like holding the note on, and mm-hmm. it basically is just like, "This is where your friend is." And Willow's Buffy's like, "I'm gonna go do it." And there, uh, Willow just has this great line where she's like, "What about the rest of the note?" And Willow, Buffy's like, "What do you mean the rest of the note?" She's like, "The part that says P.S. This is a trap." Because it's so uh, fucking obviously a trap. Yeah. And but she's like, I'm independent. I don't need you. Yeah. Like, you stay here, and I'm going to go do the the deed. Yeah. You know, my favorite part of the whole episode, and this is the next part, is when he says, oh, it was a trap, just not for us, right as the vampires yeah. are right there. I was like, oh my goodness, that was so perfect. Yeah, it's really well done. And it's like, and it's it's scary, too, because they yeah. are helpless. Um, yeah. But the, but also just the way he just calmly said, oh, hi, Sam. Sam is the doggy that I'm babysitting. Come here, Sam. Oh, Sam. He's the big doggy. I don't want him to trip over the cord. Go pet him. Uh, I, yeah. Come here, Sam. <laughs> oh, Simmy. Hi, guy. Lay down. Um, so. That was my favorite part of the whole episode. As Buffy is going to <laughs> um, rescue sorry? Cordelia. Um, do we need to pause for a second? As Buffy's on her way to um, to rescue Cordelia, Angel like catches up with her, uh, and they have a sexually charged scene. Right. Um, she's like, it's very one sided. <laughs> he's he's like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. But she's being very very aggressive with him, and um, she's like. I don't trust you. I don't. I don't like you. You're a vampire. Like, what do you think would happen if we fought? And then she does this thing where she hands on her hips. She like moves her jacket out of the way. She 
very prominently like pushes her breasts up and she's like go ahead kick my ass <laughs> and he's like whoa <laughs> I don't like this um he also says why are you riding me which is which makes mm-hmm. no sense. an unfortunate choice of words yeah mm-hmm. um you know like more why aren't you but <laughs> Um, so Buffy's going back to the library. Yeah, they realize that um, they realize that the trap was not for them; it was for the others. And Buff and Xander's just like, oh, "Why did you leave us?" Blah blah blah. I'm gonna hold this against you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he he makes a good point though when he tells her like, "If you just stayed for like five minutes for us to work this out, like, we wouldn't have been here alone. Like, we would." They wouldn't have taken Willow and Giles. Because um, that's when they put it together, specifically, that it's Willow, Giles, Jenny, and Cordelia. Because they were the four who were specific in the specific room where the master died. Um, so, for Ethan, and for viewers at home, when Buffy's on the roof, and Angel and Xander are like in another part of the building fighting off vampires, mm. and it, Buffy kills the master by throwing him through like the sunroof. Mm-hmm. down into the library where he's impaled onto a stake. On, onto yeah yeah and um and those four were the ones specifically in the library when um so when those were the four that were physically closest to him yeah okay yeah that made yeah. sense so um they buffy they they buffy like tortures the uh the female vampire the vampire to get it to find who doesn't look are. like cordelia and yeah you could see that from behind I think, like, yeah, it works a little from behind. If you can't see her face, you just see a, a woman with dark hair. Yeah. Um, but um, they find out where Buffy, or where they've taken them for the revivification spell. Um, the torture that Buffy does is, like, kind of intense. She forces the cross into the woman's mouth. All right. Um, which is, like, Ugh. It's the, like, torture idiom where you're, like, shoving something in somebody's mouth and you're like where is it like asking them a question while they can't talk yeah. like with a gag it's like the gag bit you I know? don't know why this makes me think that made me think of uh, an episode of Parks and Rec where they're in like this uh, Leslie and uh, Tom are in a hot tub and she's really mad at him she like, grabs his head and she's like I don't want to see your stupid face and she like like forces his head under the water and then she pulls him out she's like look at me I don't want to see your face and she keeps just like pull, pushing him into you the can't water respond yeah um but so they anyway they go off to rescue um rescue the group they fight including Jenny Calendar who's been missing for a while yeah we never see Jenny get kidnapped but Cordelia finds her yeah and captain when they when they're there um and they also just make the assumption that like Jenny's already been kidnapped. I I get that we're just like barreling towards the end of this episode, but it feels like they could have called Jenny's house at least. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you safe? No, cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so they find their friends like hanging upside down, and they've started the ritual. And uh, I feel like maybe I'm wrong on this one, but we have our first um vampire of color. So like, yay, vampire diversity. I think you're right. Yeah. I can't think of any others. Um, I'm excited about that. Elsie gets a badass weapon. And like I was saying earlier, these vampires are a little more developed than some of the ones we've yeah. seen. This one particularly is weird because, like, yes, the sledgehammer, and yes, he has a lot of lines, 
and he's he's kind of like the preacher yeah, to them. Yeah, he's got a preacher. Guy. And in that, he he kind of speaks in rhyme and in verse. I didn't notice that the first time around, but yeah. like one of his last lines is like perfectly metered, mm-hmm. and like it's like a couplet. Is it the one where he tells her he's gonna like smash her, smash her paste? into a pay into a sticky pace? He he like rhymes that, and it's perfectly like metered. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's because he's like a preacher, and he kind of always talks in rhyme and stuff. Or maybe it's something more to that. But like that was just something that I was like, I was disappointed to see him get killed. Yeah, it kind of could have been interesting. He had some storyline, especially with the like bit with the chosen one and his dad. Um, but, but he don't. He but died. yeah, so I mean, maybe we'll see a little more development, a little better writing about some of these throwaway characters yeah. with the new budget. Again, all of, I feel just like we're gonna see a lot of effects of the budget. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We've already seen like so Several. many more, so much more. The, of the, the like lighting on like one of the first scenes, I was just like, okay, this is already better. Look, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. camera work better yeah. you know what i mean like the it's fight, all in the fight scenes too yeah everything like, this was a i don't think costume ever everything fight scene like the one we had at the end of this episode there's new sets season. there's rooms in yeah. sunnydale high that we've never seen before so um but yeah she she fights off the vampires uh, xander and angel rescue the group and then buffy grabs the hand that hammer well there's that moment and, with xander and they're like is she done Oh yeah, he's I think like, Willow says it's like, it's, it's, is it's it over? over? And he's and like, not yet. And she just goes to town. She has her time. like cathartic, like PTSD moment mm-hmm. where she just like, <laughs> <laughs> and just like rage. Wait, Whoa. say that again? <laughs> she like rage fucks. Uh, Whoa. The master Say skull. that again. Rage fucks the master skull. Well, I guess skull <laughs> That reminds me of With a Sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> and she just like... This is another like... I feel like maybe there was slow-mo in this scene. There's just like some better editing this time around, right? I wish... I, well, I, was there music to this scene? Or was it like orchestrated? There maybe? was, yeah. It was intense. I wish that there had been... I wish the skeleton prop had been better. It looked yeah. really fake. And that was a, a little disappointing because the scene is so... Otherwise, so important. Yeah, yeah. It kind of take, takes me out of it when I'm like, look at that plaster of Paris. Look at like, that like <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Decoration. Uh, I don't think it was as bad as the skeleton as from the, the end of season one. Yeah. It's the first time you see a skeleton. Increased uh, budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In 1997. And not too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's embraced by Angel, and oh. they have a little moment. Oh. that he is so much larger than she is. Yeah, that's why she's always on heels. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the next day, Cordelia is traumatized. She's like, she's talking to this calendar. It, it stays with you. All the grime and the rust. You can dry clean it till kingdom come. But those things are never getting out. <laughs> like, I thought she was being metaphorical. No, she's being literal. Yeah. And, oh my god. I, like, I, I kind of like that, like, the, um, this kind of um, analogy for PTSD yeah you got Buffy who is In... suffering hardcore and Cordelia's like my outfit was ruined yeah. <laughs> but she meanwhile like describes it pretty pretty well yeah and well and Miss Calendar is like yeah that's the worst part about being like hung upside down by a vampire cult who wants to s- slit your throat <laughs> the stains 
Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly just does not even pick up on the sarcasm. Um, so, uh, Buffy, yeah. Buffy apologizes the next day. They forgive her. They don't really care. She has a really like, nice heart-to-heart with uh, Giles where he's like, you know, he says basically just like, this isn't the worst mistake you'll ever make. Like, people fuck up. Like, and when she goes to class, there's an empty seat next to them. And She's still a little, like, weary, maybe, yeah. or hesitant very to hesitant. socialize with Xander and Willow. And Willow is very sweet, and she reaches out to Buffy and is like, you can sit with us. And Buffy kind of starts to reevaluate some yeah. of her anxieties and the orchestrations. <laughs> Sorry. What? The, the, uh, oh, the clock. The clock just went off. Yeah. So there's this really nice scene where, you know, uh, Buffy is maybe a little anxious or nervous to sit back with their friends, and Willow comforts her. So that's really yeah. sweet. And then the orchestrations come along and kind of sweep us off to the credits. Oh my gosh. I wish we had recorded the song we wrote. It's it's <laughs> very just like, making my way downtown. Oh, when we were singing along like to the generic '90s music. Oh yeah. <laughs> the one thing going back to when, um, wait, mm-hmm. we're at the end. Shit, what's the librarian's name again? Giles. Giles. When Giles says it's not the worst mistake you'll make, I found that foreshadowing. Maybe. I haven't seen anything before. <laughs> I mean, now I want to. Now I want to like binge watch this whole series. But hmm. that scene, that stuck out to me. Harrison's Having no like, other context, that stuck out to me. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, uh, and so. the episode ends with uh, the Anointed One coming into where the Master's bones have been destroyed and says, I hate that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. That was funny. I, I really would rather him say, like, son of a bitch. <laughs> or, like, motherfucker. Like that. I feel like it's always really funny when like little kids with high pitched voices like just say, or like I hate that bitch, but <laughs> he's a little kid with a high voice, so I he hate says, that "Girl." Bitka. So. So beyond that, we just kind of review and wrap up things like our character discussion. Any major takeaways? We talk. Of, I mean. Cordelia is surprisingly human in this episode. Yeah. Like I love that and scene. And not as ditzy. Um, that scene between her and Buffy, that come to Jesus moment. Yeah. I, I really like it. Um, and it, I, it shows, too. You know, we, we talk about, like, Cordelia's kind of dumb. Um, but we see she's really, she's very observant. She's paying attention to what's mm-hmm. going on. And she's reading these signs. Um, so, yeah. She's um, not as shallow as you might initially think of her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or as maybe and that's something she was. We, we learned in about her in an episode in the end of season one that kind of gets into some of her insecurities and stuff. But um, uh, we just see more of that in this episode. Uh, Buffy has her moments. Um, I guess just where like she, you know, she's a bit where she calls them civilians and that whole like kind of moral dilemma for her. But also she falls into the reverse psychology trap, right? Like she goes, like they're like, yeah, you totally want to come here. And, mm-hmm. you know, she falls for it. Yeah. So um, that's kind of her whole storyline for this one. Jenny Callender makes an appearance. Yep. Um, Grace would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> um, what Grace else? Grace loves Jenny Callender. What up, um, Giles? Jenny has a line in this episode that we didn't talk about where... Oh. Um, She's like, I bet you spent your summer with your nose in a book. And he's like, I bet you find that terribly dull. And she's like, 
Depends on the book. <laughs> and she definitely means a pussy. It's funny because you can't like, yeah, see that Harrison licked his lips with that delivery. <laughs> yeah, he totally did. Um, I was like, yeah. And as I was doing it, I was like, this does not play in the podcast because it is a recording. And then we talk about, um, let's see, the theme. Um, I'm thinking maybe like the theme would be maybe like second guessing yourself or like reverse psychology trauma um what's that poem that uh matt said invictus yeah what's what's it um master of my fate i am the master of my fate i'm the captain of my soul yeah like kind of dealing with that just like her whole her whole like she's trying to remain in control of herself but her obligations to others kind of impede on that. Yeah. Um, any other like theme? Yeah, he hit it on the head. For sure. Just like I think he skull fucked it. And I skull fucked that one with a hammer. Oh god. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Uh, uh, different. Oh, um, I didn't see any per se. Did you? Uh, in the scene in the library where okay. she's like going to town on the the training dummy thing, oh. um, you will note in certain shots that Sarah Michelle Gellar suddenly is much more muscular than she was before. Yeah, and you like, can't see her face. Yeah, and then definitely in that last fight scene, um, there were there were several shots in some of the more, um, the more aggressive fighting moves. And I think now that we're seeing more complex fight choreography, we're going to see more of that. Yeah, we're going to see more of that. But, um, Stunt double? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's stunt double is clearly like, like a little bulkier than her. Yeah. She's she's a stunt double. She's a, gonna be a muscular woman. Take a punch. Um. So, um, yeah. Um. Beyond that, we talk about the the music. We mentioned the band of the bronze, which was Chiba which evidently was famous. If if you know a Chiba Mato song, Chiba Mato, uh, if you know a Chiba Mato song. And you're a fan, like let us know because we've only heard the songs in the episode, yeah. and I've never heard of them. And Harrison can't name another one, That's so true. I think maybe they weren't famous. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I thought the song was good. I want to hear more. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. They kind of sounded like um, thinking like '90s. Um, what's the one with the like ridiculous soprano high note and the aliens and um, uh, uh, shit, shit. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea, Brand. The opera diva song. Uh, uh, I don't know why you said aliens. Are you talking about the Queen of the Night's aria? No. In, uh, Are you talking about one? I wanna be a prima donna, donna, donna? No. The no. one where she's like. No, I'm not talking about that. It's in a movie. Oh. Uh, uh, it's in a '90s movie. Uh, I think there's aliens. I just remember it has a ridiculous, like, ear-shattering, like, whistle tone. No, it's a movie, and it has a song in it. '90s aliens. It's a, it's a di- like a diegetic song. Like it's a. You're gonna have to explain that word. Like it's not like uh, it's not someone singing a song in the show. It's like just background music or nineties opera diva song alien. Fifth element, the diva song. Uh, okay. Like I've that. Never seen that movie. It reminds me of that. It's very like street tone, whistle tone, <laughs> high notes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll have to hear that it. song in the movie. 
Um, beyond that, or let's see, there's full orchestrations. We talked about that. Yeah. It reminds me of like Dawson's Creek. Christoph Beck's scoring is gorgeous. Yeah. And he um, uh, he's got some pieces that are gonna we're gonna hear that I just I adore that are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Some leitmotif is that right? Leitmotif. Light. Light. Oh. <laughs> Leet is like one three three seven. Oh yeah, nerdy reference there. Willow would get that. that. <laughs> um, let's see. So generally, and then yeah. we come to our conclusion. Yeah. I really like this episode. I think yeah. it's a strong start to the season. It wasn't our like easiest gauge window. It wasn't. Yeah, we, I think we stretched a little for this one. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I think yours was hypothetical. So. <laughs> Um, I, I also think I've used the potential for like this is what I wanted to happen. Buffy um, and Cordelia yeah. kissing before I did it on the outside. Oh, out of wait mind. a minute, wait a minute. We forgot some things. Um, Giles was knocked Giles out. Giles was knocked out. Fuck! Oh my god! How did we forget to mention that? Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to three, four. Here's some. I know. I know. Giles gets knocked out unconscious a lot. Um, oh, is that a recurring? Yeah. It's worth like three or four times. Did I? I feel like I made a document for it in the Google Drive. Wow. Oh, so you keep a tally as this? As well, because the, I can never fucking. Remember. Yeah, it's like a kill count. Oh, but here we go. Like a kill count. Um, um, other things that we talk about. Um, so our '90s moments slash cringes. Um, not a lot of aggressively bad stuff in this episode. There was nothing that made me go. I really liked Buffy's new haircut. Yes. And then I really liked her outfit in the final scene. Um, it's this like country club chic mint green sweater over her shoulders and a light like pink rose like tennis skirt mm-hmm. um, which isn't the most like wild outfit but it's very like iconic nice. 90s to me yeah. too it's it gives me kind of like Heather's vibes um, even though that's not 90s um, let's see we already said stunt doubles any trivia any reactions you want to recap? Uh, I have a little trivia. Um, yeah. So, this episode we talked about, it begins at uh, at the cemetery, and that actually becomes a, um, a tradition, starting mm-hmm. with this episode. Every season premiere will, the first scene is set either uh, at or close to the cemetery. Okay, cool. Um, it's a very spooky place to start. Yeah. Um, and it sets the tone, I think, like, for the show. Um, as we mentioned, David Boreanaz gets upped from uh, guest star to part of the main cast. Um, but he also um, play in the in the dream sequence. Um, he played the master. It was not the same actor from from last season playing the master. It was um, it was David Boreanaz in like the master makeup. I didn't catch that. Yeah, you really, you really can't tell because okay. um, the, then those prosthetics are so heavy. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we already talked about the words we didn't understand. Um, okay, agenda gave. Okay, we got all these things. I guess our big like, our big engagements for this episode would probably be like, if you notice any other '90s moments, um, we noted on the hair, thanks to Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Um, if you noticed any that we missed, or if you know a song by Chiba Mato, what's your favorite? Yeah, let us know because I don't know and I'm lazy. We could probably Google it. <laughs> um, beyond that, you ready to you ready to sign off? 
Uh, Start our little outro. We need to predict some stuff. Oh, right. You can't let me get too far. Uh, Can I throw in a prediction, too? Yeah. Sure. By yeah. all means. I mean, I'll, let, I'll let you all go first just so to see how this goes. So the way we do this is Tyler does general predictions. Just And then we might recap a little bit of like what I've said already. Yeah. If it's come to fruition. And then, um, and then we do one spe- that's specific to the next episode. So um, my main ones are the budget, right? Like, I feel like that's going to mm-hmm. affect every aspect of the show. Writing, filming, lighting, costumes, effects features um so maybe i guess one that we haven't touched on there are going to be some cameos yeah i think so like from famous people yeah like real cameo you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i feel like that's well they already kind of did that with the band i feel like even though like we didn't yeah. know them and they're not famous anymore i feel like they're that's just a taste of what okay. what like they might be able to afford now um xander and willow will definitely like their romance is budding let's see where that goes it might it might or it might not happen i won't call that one yet i know i already said buffy i think xander, something will happen yeah buffy and xander is like never gonna be like a consistent thing they are not otp what one overtime pay overtime pay one true pairing oh yeah i didn't know that um TV did you pairing. say overtime pay yeah overtime oh not- overtime <laughs> paid not, yeah not overtime pay oh okay <laughs> Who's Taipei? It's a city, right? Or country? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> In that case, I've been there. I've been over Taipei. The yeah. tower is tall enough. Taipei I thought you said Thai, like Tyler Pei. I was like, who's Taipei? Um, yeah, so any did any of my predictions um so your big prediction from the last from the end of last season was that the fact that Buffy didn't kill the anointed one who's going to come kind of come and bite her in the ass. Okay. So I think oh, and I wrote gonna, this down. I totally this scripted this. Hold the fuck up. <laughs> Where are my... Oh, I put it in my intro. So my... Yeah, my big takeaway was that... Oh. Don't breathe too loudly in the mic, Sam. He's old doggy. Okay, place. if you need to breathe too yeah. loudly You're in our... the mic, that's okay. He don't want to be in the pick. Our Come two on, guests, Ethan and Sam. Yeah. Gadget, the other dog, isn't as loud or tall. But he has a deeper... Deeper bark. Bark. Aww. Oh, my, oh, my oh, God. You're, you're pulling me. What's up, buddy? I think he's trying to scold He's trying to hump you. Does he want to go outside? Yeah, to recap my reactions, you said at the end of last season, I was like, well, they should have. They should have. I guess I was right about yeah. the chosen one. And they should have crossbowed that kid while she had the chance. Yep. She should have. She was like, thanks for leading me to the chosen one. Bye. <laughs> Boy, bye. <laughs> bye, bitch. Bye, Vitka. Bye, Felicia. Um, cool. So the next episode is called... Is called what? Some Assembly Required. Okay. What does that... What do you predict there? Um, probably like a doll fantasy kind of thing, okay. maybe like toys, dolls. Um, maybe a robot, like a build-your-own kind of aspect. Okay. I don't know. Um, that's obviously what it sounds like it's going. Um, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. Some assembly required. It makes me think of what's that movie with um, Tara Banks? 
Mannequin? What? Mannequin? No, Life Size. Thank you. Mannequin's a different movie. Where she does that, the they have concept. that bit from Toy Story where she has the name on her foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're redoing that movie. They did a sequel. Oh, are they? Oh, no, man. Okay, well. Cool. Oh, and the answer to our earlier query about how many times this was the trials got knocked out, this was the fifth time. Oh, okay. Fifth time. Yes. That's not bad. Yeah. That was more than we thought. Um, um, I left out the one because we had this discussion in the last episode. Um, there was one that we debated. He was unconscious and out of mind, out of sight, but that was due to uh, a gas, gas leak. But it still counts. We, I thought we decided it didn't count because we were only wanted ones for, with blunt force trauma. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the distinction. That was... We, uh, so, five... Knocked five, unconscious. Yeah. It's six, t- six times he's been unconscious, five times that he's specifically been hit over the head. So, like, if he get dr- if he gets, like, drugged or something, or poisoned, like, that's yeah. not going to count. We're not counting that. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Anything else before we outro this ditch? <laughs> I think that's that's all for today. Cool. All right. So, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Some Assembly Required. Thank I... both of you for having me. <laughs> thank you, Ethan. Oh, yeah. Totally. You've been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I am Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F N A N. And on, you can tweet me at Harrison Kaufman. And I am Tyler. You can find me on all of my social media at T G Dippold. That's D I P P O L D. And thank you to Ethan for coming with us today we had fun and honestly it felt good to be able to explain Buffy to someone who knows even less than I do so um, I hope that you are an example to our listeners that you don't necessarily need to watch it I'm a binge watch this fucking show but like did did it stand alone the episode? yeah oh very much so like your major we only had to explain just a couple like little tiny moments to to you Yeah, you all explained a couple small things, but something like about it, the it, master and something about like yeah. their backstory or their love yeah. triangle. Yeah, the love quadrilateral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Cool. So each uh, week. Oh, sorry. Do you want to give okay. any of your? your oh info? yeah, my Twitter is Orange Soda King. My Instagram is Ethan underscore James underscore McCollum. First underscore middle underscore last name. Yeah, check out his YouTube page. There's lots of cool videos there. Lots of orange rare soda king is my YouTube name. Yeah, um, he's got lots of cool piano videos there. Some some cool features from like really awesome vocalists um, and uh, some bass covers nice. and basketball videos. Everything. <laughs> it's your one stop shop. YouTube at Orange Soda King. Right. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Please subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. So this week, in light of the situation going on in the Amazon right now, uh, we wanted to highlight Rainforest Trust. Established in 1988, Rainforest Trust works around the tropics to strategically purchase and protect lands vital for endangered species and indigenous communities. They specifically target the most threatened tropical habitats that are critical for, for, for preventing species extinctions and that are exceptionally rich in biological diversity. 
Um, they've been around for 30 years of um, doing conservation and have saved more than 22 million acres of tropical habitat across 53 countries in 150 protected areas and wildlife reserves. So please visit rainforesttrust.org for more information. And I also just want to say, because um, I don't think I've said this before, I do vet all of the like charities and nonprofits that we highlight mm. um, via Charity Navigator, which gives like ratings on like where their money is going to, and like how much of it is um, how much of it is actually going to the cause they're they're promoting, and how much of it is going into a CEO's pocket. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. And Rainforest Trust had like one of the highest ratings I've ever seen. They cool. had like a near one hundred percent. On like all of the things like they that, mean nonprofit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, cool. it was. I was so excited when I saw that. So. Fun. Well, like we said, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Make sure to let us know if you've ever heard of Chibo Chibo Motto. Chibo Motto. Chibo Motto. If you know any of their songs, let us know. If you don't. Tell us another 90s song that you would love to hear on Buffy. Um, I wouldn't know. Harrison might. Um, beyond that, you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. I will be releasing a short video with every episode. It's called Spoiler Corner with Harrison, where I talk about all the foreshadowy, spoilery things that I can't say on the podcast. Also, please don't forget... Please don't forget to subscribe uh, and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast material. Basically everywhere. Season one is available now, so like, <laughs> make sure to like do your research, you know? Yeah. Alright, and as always... Slay. I'm PK! I don't, that was weird. You sounded like a cookie monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I eat dicks the way Cookie Monster eats cookies. <laughs> I, 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 bye. <laughs>